The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Welcome to The Counter. We're back. Kinda. Uh, <laughs> I'm Chris Corman, joined by Charles McDonald, and uh, for one final time, unless he opts to come on as a guest, uh, joined by Steven Ruiz. Uh, what's up, fellas? What's going on? Hey, it's been a minute. Uh, it, it has. It's been, been a bit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're back with the episode of the counter, and like Chris said, uh, Steven's gone. He's leaving. He is moving on to the afterlife. Uh, <laughs> not involved for the win. And uh, rest in peace, Steven. See you later, Steve. I'm going to Fox News. Actually. Uh, <laughs> Oh. Gonna be uh, giving my takes on. That. I'm actually I'm, I'm working at uh, Outkick. Also, you can catch my coverage there. No, I, no, but I am leaving. I'm abandoning these guys, and I will never come on as a guest. I, I I'm not, not going to do it on this podcast. No. How? No, man. I'm joking. I'll, I'll come back whenever you guys have me. That's messed up, man. That's messed can up. Can you say where you're going yet, or are you going to hold off on that? I just said Outkick. No, no, I oh. can't. I'm oh. gonna. There'll be an announcement in, uh, I, I guess, like eight days. He'll have some. Okay. He'll have some personal news on the Twitter. Is it really I, personal? I, Here's the thing: is it pers- It's professional news, right? Like, I don't. Why does everyone say personal news? You're literally talking about your fuck your profession. Like, what? Why? Yeah. Why are we calling it personal news? I don't know. I'm, but I'm going to do the tweet because I like. Everyone gets so much dopamine when they do these tweets, and I'm lo- I'm looking forward to it. That's the reason why I'm leaving, I, actually, so I can do the I'm, tweet. I'm <laughs> actually going. Dopamine. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna post your Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, scouting <laughs> report At, after every tweet. Like everybody that says congratulations to you, I'm gonna reply to them with your Mahomes. <laughs> You're giving away the rest of the show. We're supposed to do my worst takes, <laughs> and you just like, gave away number two. Number one is even one worse than that. Buddy, number one is way worse than that. Oh, boy. Number one is I've thought about deleting the post off the internet. <laughs> now, now I know what you're going to do on your last day. You're going to go in and, and finally erase it. Uh, we're going to get to that. We're just, I mean, we have no – we don't really have much of a plan for this show. We're, it's just really the uh, Stephen Goodbye Festival. Uh, but we do want to talk about a story – dropped today by Sports Illustrated, uh, written by a friend of ours, Jenny Prentiss. Um, And this is, Jenny has been, uh, I mean, she's one of the best reporters in the country on on any subject, but on the Deshaun Watson um, masseuse uh, story, I think she really has led the way on Mm -hmm. uh, getting uh, you know, she has centered the victims and she has uh, earned their trust. She's gotten uh, uh, some of Deshaun Watson's, uh, some of the, the masseuses he worked with uh, who weren't who aren't part of the 22 that have formally lodged uh, allegations against him. Uh, she got them to talk. Uh, she has really done uh, a masterful job uh you know, reporting on that community and, and figuring out who's who and what's going on. And she has the pulse of uh, what these women are saying and what they went through. Uh, and today she dropped a story where Ashley Solis, who was uh, the first woman uh, to come out uh, saying that Deshaun Watson had 
sexually assaulted her during a massage that he set up. Um, Jenny gets her on the record. Uh, she, you know, she's spoken the other time. She had a press conference where her lawyer urged her to come forward. She has said that she wanted to come forward so that because she figured there were other victims. Uh, but this is really the first time that she's spoken to someone in the media at length like this and gone on. And the news here is that um, she, both Ashley Solis and another woman who's been interviewed by the lawyers uh, working with the NFL to conduct their investigation into Deshaun Watson. Uh, both of these women felt that those lawyers were uh, victim blaming, quite frankly. Uh, they were asked what they were wearing during the during the massages in question. Um, you know, this story really cast doubt on <laughs> how independent the uh, investigation by the NFL is, uh, you know, this they they certainly came away with it thinking that the NFL was looking for a way to exonerate Deshaun Watson um, and get one of their star players back on the field. Uh, Jenny's story also points out something that we have noticed and talked about among ourselves. And I, I don't know when we last recorded, uh, we may have mentioned it then, but there sort of became this period where after the the initial barrage of uh, accusations against Watson and uh, it, it all came out and then there was some silence. And then all of a sudden, NFL reporters were like talking about Deshaun Watson, the football player, all of a sudden again and stoking up trade rumors. <laughs> uh, and we were just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you cannot trade for this guy. Like, what? Why? Why are we talking about him in this way? Uh, Jenny's story points out and, and the women that she talked to point out that, uh, you know, this was largely pushed by NFL network reporters. So reporters who work for the league, if you trace the money uh, back to where it's coming from uh, and that they felt very erased, that the, the victims felt like uh, they were no longer, uh, you know, that their concerns had been raised and, and were now being brushed aside. Uh, and so this, this is a powerful, powerful story from from SI. Uh, you know, you, I'm sure if you're on Twitter, you're going to find it. Uh, this woman asked me what I was wearing is the headline. That's uh, their daily cover story. Uh, what did you guys make of this piece of journalism here uh, as far as, uh, you know, where it's pushing this story? Because I. I, I know we all had the sense that the NFL would have been very happy for this just to go away. And uh, Jenny is pulling it back into the spotlight. Uh, I mean, wow, that was a gross sound. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> should have just looked at that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's what some of these reporters do before they tweet out a Deshaun Watson trade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the thing that stuck out to me uh, is something that I've been thinking about a lot is just how you, know, you you saw the coverage shift and I don't think that any of that is by mistake. Uh, when you see people like, you know, Tom Pelissero, Rapsheet, Schefter, uh, guys who are really close to the league and uh, kind of a compromising way, I would say almost. Yeah. When when you see them use language like Adam Schefter calling the allegations all that crap, or Tom setting up the the you know the way for Goodell to get off by saying he's not going to find any 
major violations, which is, you know, that's wild because you know, this is the same week that, you know, Adrian Peterson got in trouble for hitting his child, which is obviously bad. But if he can get put on the exempt list for that, I would imagine that Deshaun Watson can be put on the exempt list for 22 allegations of sexual harassment and sexual assault. So it, it's just kind of dark and it shows you the the power structures that be when they want to cover up something, they're going to try to cover stuff up and they'll have help from their employees to get that done. Uh, and it, it's just kind of startling. And I, I think another big thing from the article was the NFL claiming that they hadn't had a chance to speak to these women when in reality they had spoken to 10 and had set up interviews with more. Uh, you know, it, it's just very dark situation. It's kind of depressing that they come outward and claim to care about women when it's time to wear pink sleeves and pink wristbands and pink socks. But when it's time to actually do something about what's going on in Houston, they're, they, they do nothing. And I just don't get how doing nothing is better than what they like doing nothing. How is that your solution? Because every day in Houston, Deshaun Watson is going out there. He's not practicing with the team. He's just doing right. warm ups. Every time they have team drills, he goes back inside. He's cussing at reporters. I mean, wake up, Roger, like do something about this. And mm-hmm. I, I understand that you kind of want to shield the shield future players maybe from being put on the exempt list in civil cases where, I don't know, it's an ugly situation with a spouse, but maybe hasn't gone to the point of sexual abuse or sexual harassment. But I think it's okay to kind of take unprecedented this measures is, with this. This is 20, right. This is 22 women who by most accounts don't know each other. You know, there's not, uh, this story has, uh, you know, they know of each other cause they're all sort of in the same community uh although some of them were not in the houston area uh i mean this is like this is very clearly 22 women that uh all all had similar experiences and they're not you know there's a bit in here about solace her lawyer uh proposing a hundred thousand dollar settlement with watson which like that is not uh, that is not the sort of money that someone who is just out to get money is asking for. Right. right? Like a hundred thousand dollar settlement comes down to like 30 grand for the person getting the settlement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, and it's like, it, it was, it's so clear to me that this woman really just wanted, uh, you know, and, and there are contemporaneous accounts of her actions that she immediately like went to her own father and said like, Hey, this horrible thing happened to me. What do I do? Like, this is a woman who just knew something bad had happened and wanted, uh, not only, you, you know, some sense of justice for herself, but to protect other people, to protect, uh, other masseuses like her from ending up in this position. Uh, you know, and it's like Chuck said, this is just, it's a totally different, it's so outlandish. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of the, it's like one of the worst things an NFL player has done. If like based on the allegations, right? Right. Twenty two women, and those are the people that reported it. Like, right. there might be more. And like, I'm thinking back to the Greg Hardy thing. I think that was like the first really prominent player to be put on the exempt list. I don't know if that was before or after Adrian Peterson, but with Hardy, that was like a complicated case too, because of North Carolina's justice uh, legal system where I don't even remember the details of it, but basically 
a judge can give you a guilty or can convict him based on their own whims, like before it goes to trial. And then after that, it goes to trial. Right. And they put him on the exempt list right away. But and this is before the pictures came out. There was photos of the the damage done to this woman that Greg Hardy abused. And this was before then. And they put him on the exempt list. I don't know why they're not using the same tactic. And Corman, you said earlier that Jenny was leading the way on on this story, covering this story. I'd argue she's the only one doing it. And that's an indictment of all of us. Like we're in media too. We're I, I'm not tweeting about it a bunch, right? Because of it's just so complicated but like these reporters i'm glad she called out the reporters because they're not even really reporters right they're like pr people yeah like adam Schefter is a pr person right he gets he gets messages from agents and then tweets it out like that's what he does and so when you see their coverage of this it's hard not to think the nfl is influencing it and they like chuck said they want this to go away and like I, and we didn't even talk about Schefter's podcast with Quincy Avery, uh, Watson's quarterback coach, where Schefter like I forget how he framed it, but he was like, "How does Deshaun Watson deal with all this crap going on?" And it's like, "How does Deshaun Watson deal with it?" Like, there are twenty two women that are dealing with far greater issues now as a result. Right. Yeah. 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 Chuck mentioned that earlier. You know that that phrasing earlier, but yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's easy to draw a line from the NFL network guys to the NFL money. Uh, but you're right. ESPN's no different, right? Like ESPN's business model is showing sports. Like that's really where they get most of their money from. Uh, you know, they have, they have shows that people tune into with Stephen a yelling, whatever Stephen a yells. Uh, but most of it's from having contracts with, sports right. leagues which means mm-hmm. that they're beholden to those leagues uh, yeah and that dan levitar talks about that a lot uh where he says like it's hard to do journal like real journalism on someone that you have right. a business sponsor or business partnership with uh and i mean i, I not you know going into my details but like i have talked to friends who work there about stuff that's way less important than what mess is going on with Deshaun Watson where, you know, they'll have something and they'll be like, hey, let's hold on to that because we're partners with the NFL. Hold off that we're partners with X team, Y team. And, you know, it it, it, it just kind of goes to show like how powerful these structures are at shaping a narrative. And one thing that 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 story made me think about is if you're, you know, one of these people that has come forward with your name you're not only just going against it's, it's not just a lawsuit against Deshaun Watson. Like it's a lawsuit against Deshaun Watson who has the backing of now we see the NFL and the NFL is backed by their media partnerships. And it's just a lot to overcome because you'll, you'll read the replies to a tweet where it says, you know, Goodell said it, it's, it's looking like Goodell isn't going to find any major violations. Like, that's something that's going to sway a right. lot of people. It's already mind. right. And it, think it's, about it's, it's just a lot to deal with. Right. And think about the fact that Ashley Solis, when she first, uh, you know, she like I said, she immediately knew something wrong had happened. She sought advice what to do. She started looking for lawyers and she could not find a lawyer who would take the case in Houston. It took her a while to find one. And that, like, think about what sort of chilling effect that has on 
everything on every woman who might have some sort of uh, interaction with a professional athlete henceforth, like they know that they're going to get that backlash on Twitter. You know, they're going to get this public backlash. Uh, they, they may, they may go to the right channels to try to find help and, and be frozen out of them because uh, presumably those law firms, you know, they want to do business with the Texans. They want to, they want to have a suite at the Texans game. They want the McNair family to hire them for things like uh, there is so much power against these women, you know, like uh, Deshaun Watson brought up in messages to Ashley Solis. Like uh, I, I can't remember if it was in messages or I think maybe she said he said this to her uh, once she got uncomfortable. He said something like, well, I know you wouldn't want me to ruin your career and you wouldn't want to ruin my career. Like she is a woman who is just starting out trying to work in her field that can make you know, the, the financial differences there are astronomical, uh, you know, like the, the, the just the, the, the imbalance in power in this case is shocking. And the way that that reverberates and uh, sends a message to women everywhere who deal with professional athletes is like when you step back and think about that, like you're saying, Chuck, it's appalling. You know, it's appalling that these power structures are being upheld the way they are uh, in the face of this, you know, this compelling evidence and, and with Roger Goodell having a way that he designed himself, he has a way to deal with this. He has a way to uh, be able to put Deshaun Watson on the sideline uh, until more of this can be uh, figured out. And he's just not taking it. Um, yeah, I, and I think another important point is that that Jenny brought up in the article is you know you don't have to have a criminal charge to be put on the exempt list. Like that's something right. that's really important. I think that that something that hasn't been talked about enough. Like basically, the only real criteria for being put on the exempt list is are you doing something that is embarrassing as hell for the league. Like right. that's that's really all it takes for you to get put on there. You don't need a criminal charge, don't need some lengthy investigation. Like, are you acting like an ass, and is it going to make us look bad? And I don't see how the answer is anything but like an unequivocal yes here. And and if you're already at a situation where the Texans have decided we're done with this, we are moving on with Tyrod Taylor as quarterback one, Davis Mills as quarterback two. Deshaun Watson basically not even on the depth chart, not a real part of this team. Why not just put on the exempt list? Because right. no one's going to trade for him right now, and he just make it's just becoming a mess every, like day by day in Houston. I don't get why you would sit on your hands unless you plan on brushing this under the rug and moving on. And when you think about just how sinister all of this is, it's 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 just gross. I, I don't really know another way to put it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's such a weird, you know, I feel like we spent and like this podcast, I think uh, we, we spent a lot of time last year saying like, hey, Deshaun Watson's really good and people don't realize it. Uh, he's, uh, you know, I think we, we may have made the argument at times that he that it's impossible to tell how close he is to Mahomes because he was surrounded by such muck. Right. Like the Texans were 
just awful in every way. Now he is the muck. (laughs) Right. I mean, we were leading the charge and like Deshaun Watson should be a bigger star. He should be a bigger deal. He's going to explode if he ever gets somewhere else. And then he, you know, it was, he was pushing for a trade and we were excited about seeing him. And then all this came out and like for us, it just stopped. Like I, I haven't thought about Deshaun Watson as a football player uh, in, in months. And it's just wild to see to like have just the most cynical thing happening which is that like it sure seems like the engine of the league is pushing to bring him back into being a football player and it's like no it's it's not time for that and the last thing i'll say is like why like why you're the nfl you print money like you don't need to you don't need deshaun watson right to be in just, your league. Just pretend Josh Allen's really good. Like, you know, all, <laughs> there's all, all these quarterbacks get vaulted as, as, as if they're great. I mean, you know, there's no reason for one player that they're doing this. Um, yeah. It's, it's rough. Uh, all right. Well, Steven, since it's your final show ever, uh, I'm just going to let you lead uh, where you want to go. Are you, are you really going to rank your worst takes? Uh yeah, oh I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw some out. I'm not gonna rank them. I can't rank them. It's like, oh, are we doing like thirty five to fifty or how many? <laughs> I don't have that many bad takes. Come on, man. All right, all right. Let, let's talk about my bad takes. Okay. The first take, which you already talked about, I gave. First of all, let me defend the Mahomes grade. I gave it a C minus. I I, I left off the C. Or the minus. I gave it a C minus. That's like an average grade. It's not like I thought he was going to be a bust or anything. I just didn't. I, they That's traded average up. Average they, grade? Chuck, for me. Chuck, if you got C minuses, what would your parents have said? Uh, depends, because I was kind of a C student in high school. <laughs> no. <See>? Come on. <laughs> well, okay. No, they wouldn't be happy. A C minus is not good. I mean, as far as GPA goes, isn't the C minus like a 1.8 or something like that? <laughs> But we all have bad draft takes is what I'm saying. My bad draft take just happened to be about the guy that turned into the greatest quarterback that he's ever played. The second greatest quarterback ever played didn't get drafted until like the 19th round or whatever it was. So And th- that leads me to another bad take. The second greatest quarterback is uh, I, I wrote about how I thought Tom Brady was not going to be great in Tampa Bay or not going to be good and maybe worse than Jameis Winston. I don't think I ever outright said that, but I hinted at it. That was a pretty bad take. But my worst take of all time, I was a Christian Hackenberg guy. Oh, man. I mean, so was I, though. And I'm going to blame – I'm going to name drop here and blame someone specifically. I'm going to blame Brett Coleman because he did a little video on on Christian Hackenberg. And I was like, this guy, he's he's spitting facts right now. Like, I I agree with everything he's saying. And then I watched (laughs) Christian Hackenberg. I will say this. I'll add one caveat. I was, this was before I had college all 22. So I was doing it off a broadcast, the broadcast angle, but I thought Christian Hackenberg should have been a first round pick and he never even played an NFL game. So here's the regular season game. No, never played a regular season game. They put in like, did you watch like the, here's the thing with Hackenberg as a freshman playing for Bill O'Brien. He was utterly brilliant. But then James Franklin, O'Brien left, and Franklin came in, and, like, he never looked remotely the same. 
but yeah, but there it was there. Like if I go back and watch, I'll probably be like, this guy stinks. But he like was like missing like screen passes by like ten yards, and he he wasn't good. And I I I didn't know what I was talking about back then. Yeah, I, I still don't. Know. Yeah, I was gonna I say, do you now? Gonna be solid. Who? I thought Paxton Lynch was going to be solid, and <laughs> Broncos pulled the plug after like two games. <laughs> what's your What's your worst draft uh, draft take, Chuck? Uh, my worst draft take. Oh, I I, I remember uh, back like when I first started this. It was like the Joey Bosa draft, and uh-huh. there was this pass rusher from Virginia Tech named like Daddy Nicholas or something, and I. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the tweet's still on. I remember him. Uh, is Daddy Nicholas as good as Joey Bosa or something like that? <laughs> and obviously not. That's a ridiculous thing to, to, to say. But, uh, yeah, I'm uh, known for scouting defensive linemen, too. <laughs> oh, but here's the thing, right? Like, I remember that guy. These are These are bad takes, but, like, every person working in NFL personnel, like every single one, Bill Belichick on down, Every single one of them, you know, combined making, I don't know what the salary, $75 million a year, probably more than that, probably significantly more than that. I'm probably undervaluing it. Every one of them has had many worse takes than the takes you guys just listed. Like that okay, because but, it's the draft. Okay, but I wrote an article about Christian Hackenberg, and I think at the end I said that he's got some, he could be like a Tom Brady type. Hmm. And like in the article, I'm like trying to talk myself out of it. Like I like I write it. I'm like, don't say it, don't say it. Like I actually write this, don't say it. And then I'm like, Tom Brady, Christian Hackenberg equals Tom Brady. And I that, I've thought about deleting that post off the internet, but I haven't because I'm I'm a true takesman. You're hardly you're hardly the the only person who got it wrong in Christian Hackenberg, man. So no, I didn't draft him. So yeah, yeah. I'm not the Jets, and yeah. 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 Ooh, second round pick on Hack, and he didn't even play. Do I remember that first? I think it was the first preseason game. I think they were playing the Lions, and I was watching this. I was like, oh my God, this guy cannot play in the NFL whatsoever. And it's just, it's it's always funny when you can spot that from like the first preseason game. Like, ooh, we made a mistake here. Didn't he like fail to like start in the. Uh... Whatever the not the XFL the other AAF. one yeah 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 we get on the, the field the alliance <laughs> dude I got I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have a son and like bribe all the recruiting sites to give him a five star <laughs> and I feel like he'll be a, a third round pick even if he like sucks in college probably I mean just having that rating will get you pretty far I mean I, I might be able to like. Maybe I should like quit media and like pretend like I'm a 17 year old and try to do it myself. <laughs> like, why am I trying to set this life well, up for someone else? I want I, that life. I thought that's what you were doing. You were, isn't that your next? See, you're not supposed to give it away. I said I was uh, announcing it in eight days. Okay. Yeah. All, dude, also the Hackenberg stuff, it just makes me feel so bad for Alan Robinson and like the crap that he's endured in his career. Uh, where oh, Hackenberg, yeah. Penn State, Bortles. Trubisky, Foles, and now he finally has a chance to be free with Justin Fields, so we'll see what happens. But it looks like we have a guest on the oh, line. Speaking of bad quarterback takes. <laughs> Wait, hold and on. And bad quarterbacks. Here. I don't think he can play. Like, honestly, he just he can't play. <laughs> oh, well, we're recording now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the middle of recording, so you better speak, buddy. 
Uh, what's up? I didn't hear how you guys introduced me, but I probably don't want to hear how you guys introduced me. Play, play it again, Corman. Here, here you go. I don't think he can play. Like, honestly, he just he can't play. We're talking about bad takes. Who is who's that? Who, who, who was that speaking? That, that's you. That's PFS, <laughs> PFF Seth. I'd recognize that Canadian accent anywhere. But, Seth, it... I I just explained to them how I thought Christian Hackenberg was the next Tom Brady, so I have a much worse quarterback take than you ever had. Uh, yeah, I think they're both equal, like in the opposite directions, but equal. <laughs> Seth, what's your worst draft take? Corman just played it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really your worst one, Seth? Uh, Fromm is a good quarterback is another one. That was no, crazy. no, but you didn't think Fromm. When, when did you think Fromm should have been picked? Uh, one hundred and one, probably. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I said that. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. But he, because the, the thing with Fromm was that, like, the second half of his last year, he just like fell off completely. But up until that point, he's like, it's very possible, and I still hold hold true to this, but it's like very possible. He's like a two time national championship winning quarterback. He was like super accurate and he made the right decisions. Uh, so I was like, yo, I, I like those, you know, you know, me. Yeah, I like those type of quarterbacks. Um, unfortunately I've come, I've like in the, I don't know how long it's been. I've been like four years. I've been doing like this quarterback stuff in the media, three years, whatever. And it's like, all right, you know what? The guys who like can't throw a ball past 19 yards, like regardless if they like get everything right it just doesn't matter in the nfl yeah also like like under pressure too like jake Fromm's not getting away from any nfl yeah yeah it's a totally different deal well we're we're all gonna get proven wrong by um mac jones i thought you were in on mac jones well i mean like i i am um, probably more than you guys, but I wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, he's like a top. Like I think he got picked way too early uh, by a team that I don't think really it didn't really make sense to me, given their roster. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all in agreement that it's like, you, what can you like move around like in your first few years in the NFL while you're getting blitzed, while like stuff is happening, while you're getting under, while you're under pressure, and obviously I don't I don't know if Matt Jones to do that. Obviously he looked like. He like oh yesterday, but I'm not sure we're ready to like crown him or anything. Did you guys watch that game? Like I know it was preseason; they're not like running their offense, but they were like running like offset eye like every play. Well, but then they kind of moved away. Like they they running some more like spreadish stuff with um with Jones compared to like more eye formation with uh, Cam. Yeah. Have you publicly? Uh... Given your take on the Jameis Taysom battle going on with your favorite team, I don't think team. so. Uh, so what is it? Do it here. Well, my Down take is like I, I'm just I'm I want taste. Uh, sorry, I want Jameis because you know the the Drew Brees era was one thing, like a specific style of football, especially near the end. Then I'm just like okay that to see a Saints quarterback throw, you know, 20 interceptions if he throws 35 touchdowns. Like, I just want to see, like, huge, like, big plays in either direction. I'm okay with that. I had my fun for, you know, 16 years or whatever. 
and I'm and I'm just ready for for something else. And I also think he's just better. Like the thing with Taysom was, okay, if he was if if you looked at his tape and you said this was a 21 year old, then it 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 certainly makes some sense to play him. But he's like he's like you know almost as old as I am. So and that's old. So like that's the problem. Like he he's just a little. The accuracy just isn't good enough. His pocket uh, abilities are just a little too—they're a little too much. Like everything is so big in the pocket for him. Or his dropbacks are so big, and he's hitching up like eight yards in the pocket, like every time he hitches. And it's like, all right, let's not—we can't do that in the NFL. So, like, yeah, you get—you can get some some added offense from his legs, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's. I just don't think over a course of a of a full seventeen game season um, that it works, and it's like it's the same thing that happened with like Teddy um, when he came in and, and they won like five games or whatever, and Taysom I think went three and one in his four games. Of course, one mm-hmm. of those was in, was the Denver game without a quarterback, but it's like the defense was just like on fire during both those stints where, 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 while Breeze was out. And the defense just won't be as good this year. I, 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 I'm assuming the defenses won't be as good this year. They lost so much talent. So, like, do you have a player there that can, that can just put up points um, the way you would need it with that type of defense? You probably do once every two games with Jameis and you do once every four games with, with Taysom. So that's why I probably want Jameis as the quarterback. Here's, here's my take on Taysom Hill. Play it, play it, Corman. <laughs> All right. I don't think he can play it. Like honestly, he just he can't play. <laughs> I, this is a qu- serious question. If Taysom Hill was on your flag football team, who would play quarterback? <laughs> I feel like it would still be you, right? Like you put Taysom at receiver. I don't think you guys understand how I'm joking. shitty I'm of a joking. quarterback I am. <laughs> oh no, I do. I, every, every time we post those stats, I, I make a point to to poke fun at you. <laughs> hey Seth, I need to ask you a question about your dating life. Oh yeah, it seems like it seems like a lot going on there. You're dude, look, stood up a lot. What's what's happening, man? I can't in in very in two different countries. Like this is an international phenomenon. Yeah. this is happening. I cannot convince. Anybody to go on a date with me where I live in Montreal. I've landed in Cincinnati last week, and within 24 hours, I had a date. No, they didn't. So move to Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, no, don't. Do not, <laughs> do not leave Montreal for Cincinnati. That's your worst take. Steve. I hope. I hope Chris isn't listening. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the dating story right now. I think I would you say that you're the Taysom Hill of Hinge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's still not good at it and he's like 30 something. So, yeah. <laughs> but the thing with Taysom Hill, it's so weird because, like, he's been on the Saints for four years. Like, what other quarterback? Like, if someone was drafted when they were 21 and they were still four years in and we were still like, oh, can they play? Do we, like, do we have to design a weird offense for him to play? And he's 30. Like, why are we still doing this after four years in the same system? I, I just feel like there's a lot of – I mean, we know this with all, like, NFL head coaches or NFL coaches in general. There's just so much hubris where it's like, no, I can fix them. We're, you know, we saw it with this year with um, – 
with like Reich trading for Carson Wentz is like, a, I can fix this guy or, you know, he's been in my system. I've seen him play good, blah, blah, blah. And with Peyton, it's the same thing. Like, well, I think I can, I've been working with this guy for four years, you know, and then the past two or whatever, it's been like specifically going to practice at the quarterback position or whatever that, that it's, I'm good. Like I'm Sean Payton. I have a Super Bowl ring. I have all these wins. So therefore I, I can make a good quarterback out of, out of Taysom and, and to a certain degree out of Jameis too. So I think that's just all it is. Um, right. You just feel yeah, confident give, in yourself. Those guys, right. We, and we give them leave, like the media gives them leeway yeah. if they've been there a while. And if they've done, even if the guy they did it with was Drew Brees, like, oh, well, uh, Wait. he knows what he's doing. Did you guys see the, uh, the Stephen A. Smith take today? Or was he <laughs> no. He was he was furious. Of course, he was so furious. <laughs> I was gonna say, is he any other way? And he was saying that it's a disgrace that the Saints won't start a quarterback that signed a four year, hundred forty million dollar deal. <laughs> I was like, come on, Stephen A. Like he ain't seeing. He he'll be lucky to see like five percent of that money. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like we're still, we're stuck on the Saints paid Taysom Hill four for one forty. He ain't seeing a dock of that. I see. The even the contract was weird. Like I feel like we don't talk about we don't talk about it enough. Like how weird this situation is. This is like a thirty two year old quarterback who's been in the same system for four years, and we're still trying this. And he they gave him that weird contract. Like what was the point of the contract? I also think we're, we're we haven't like I assume this is like the owners doing a very good job of still like acting like they're paying people. Like you said, like this huge contract, and we haven't like kind of like pulled back the the, the curtain yet on how these contracts actually work. I mean, you, you read articles of it, like honestly, every off season during free agency right. period, it's like, well, actually, these these guys, like you said, Chuck, like, oh, well, actually, they're not seeing like you know the full like hundred percent of the salary um, ever really, and the owners are just and the GMs have done such a good job with their PR, just being like, no, these are these huge contracts we're giving. Look at all this money that we're giving to the players that we don't have anymore because we're giving it to the players, and we just like haven't like been able to flip the script on. It's on definitely that PR. it's definitely designed that way. Yeah, too. like they they one hundred percent designed it. So because other leagues like the NHL, somebody signs a contract, like well, that's how much money they're going to get. You know, if they, if they don't, if they get cut, they just get it. Like mm-hmm. the team still has to give it to them. The, the NFL is so convoluted. Uh, and yeah, everyone thinks like, you know, during the Kaepernick discussion, it was just like, yeah, he made all that money. And like, he actually didn't because he got cut. And then, you know, it's a totally different number than the number that we all report the first day the contract is signed, because that's what the agent leaks, because they want to make it look like they got a huge deal for somebody. Uh, and then once you whittle down to what the actual money is, it's totally different. One last thing on Taysom, even though I could, I could go for an hour on Taysom. Let's but <laughs> the funniest thing is that, like, he has a weak arm. <laughs> like, why are we trying it with this guy who can't throw the ball more than 20 yards downfield? It's like they were like, let's have Drew Brees, only he can't do any of the good things Drew Brees does. And he's kind of athletic. Right. Well, you want to know the truth about why they're trying it? And I can test this as someone who has hated the Saints my entire life. <laughs> Sean Payton is nothing more than a troll. It's mm-hmm. it's just not. I I think that that is a huge piece of information that people are kind of overlooking here. Well, why why are they even messing around with ta- with uh, Taysom? James is obviously the better quarterback because Sean Payton can. 
and he might just just because he can. And uh, you know, I fully believe that last year he wanted to just beat the Falcons twice with Taysom Hill, and that's why he played him for those games instead of James, just so he could say that he did it with a big quarterback. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am 100% agree with Champagne, and I am agree agree with what Steve with like every time he threw like a post route, it was underthrown. Like you're expecting something um, that Breeze couldn't do, even when Breeze was playing. I'm thinking about like last year he underthrew a post route. I mean, there's not a ton of throws on his tape, but like even when he came in, got a snap against Philly in the playoffs a few years ago, underthrew it. Like I don't know, it's just like. If this guy had an absolute cannon, then yeah, I guess it makes more sense. But like, Jameis has a better arm than him, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, like, what do you think if Jameis starts? What do you think the offense looks like? Because it obviously isn't going to be what it's been the last couple of years. Do you think it looks more like what they were doing when Breeze first got there in those first like five, six, seven years? Uh, you know, I haven't given that a lot of thought. Um, I think that it could look. Yeah, I think you'll probably have, like, less under center, I guess. I don't know. It's, yeah, it could be could be just deeper. Everything's deeper. Obviously, you're going to have so much less quick game because what's the point? Maybe they'll start running RPOs. I don't know. Um, that's something that they've never done. You can count on one hand how many, like, RPO throws that weren't, like, screen passes uh, to receivers that they've done in the past, fucking, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. Uh so yeah, maybe maybe more like actual RPO slants and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, probably just a deeper type of offense, I guess. I mean, the thing is, J- Jameis like like physically can run whatever you want him to run. Mm-hmm. It's just like he just goes you know brain dead like five plays a game, uh, which is like obviously four plays too much in in a football game where he's like. He has so much like confidence in himself, Jameis. And it's funny because he's he was he was like legally blind for so long and he would make these plays where it's like you're trying to, you know, look off a guy and getting some ableist takes here. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like trying to like look off a guy to one side and then without without really ever count like really seeing and like and like, you know, letting like the 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 your brain like taking the information you're like throwing to the backside and there's like a linebacker standing there there's a safety standing there or whatever and it's like well i guess if he's like if he had the surgery now he can do that and he'll see it and he won't trigger and like throw the ball to a linebacker because he can see them i guess i don't know so like i said i think you can run whatever you want to run with Jameis. the problem is are you going to get the five boneheaded plays a game that um that were part of his play for whatever six years or four years whatever i don't remember how long in in tampa bay but i'll say this about Jameis: when he throws like i know he makes these these throws where they look bad but you could also like kind of see what he was going for like like oh that would have been cool if you pulled it off but like nobody can pull that off which is why like i'm like still like a Jameis guy like i still think he could play Whereas, like, guys like Drew Locke are just like, why were you throwing that ball? Like, why'd you throw it there? And that's why I can't give up on James. And I, I feel like the eye, maybe the eye surgery, I think it does help in a way. Like, his depth perception seemed to be an issue. Like, he threw, like, the same interception 
20 times that one season. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same interception over and over again. And, but I will say this, like before the, the one year with Bruce Arians where he threw the, the 30 interception, like his interceptions, they were bad. But like his interception percentage was like slightly below league average. It wasn't like he was throwing 30 picks every season. He was throwing like 10, 12. And then the one season with Bruce Arians, he throws 30. But like Tom Brady threw like a bunch of interceptions. Uh, you know what's funny? I was I was rewatching some Brady um, the other day, and I, it's crazy. I was thinking about the Arians offense, and like it's so complicated and so like not quarterback friendly. And then that's why it's like we we put Arians up on a pedestal because every seven years, when you have this like super elite quarterback, <laughs> it works. But we, we can see how fucking awful it is when you have anything less than you know. Tom Brady, the best of all time, um, a one-year wonder like Carson Palmer, who is obviously like a very good quarterback, um, and you get like a great one good year out of him. He had luck, if I'm not mistaken, like early. He luck. did. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, once every like six, seven years, that offense is amazing because it's so complicated and technical. And it's like, well, yeah, if the quarterback can make it work, you're gonna it's it's out of control. And you see them win the Super Bowl, you know, go to the um, NFC Championship game with. Uh, in 2015 and blah, blah, blah. But every other year when you don't have those players, when you have a Jameis in there who is not obviously at the level, dude, it's like, it's awful because it's so fucking difficult. Yeah, and I think one of the, the funny things, one of those years with Luck and Arian, I think Luck ended up throwing something like 40 touchdowns and 20 interceptions or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, you, you see how hard it can be for even like the good quarterbacks to, to figure that out. And wasn't that the year that they is the rookie year when they went to the playoffs, but they were like the point differential was really bad or the the record wasn't very good that year. Yeah, like that. yeah, something like that. They won a bunch of close games. Seth, I got it. I, I got an idea just based off this conversation because you've been cussing a lot, and we don't cuss on this podcast. <laughs> what are you talking about? But you've been cussing a lot. But anyway, you should start if you have a, a strong draft take like the Herbert one. You should just start throwing some cuss words in there, so then PFF won't clip it and tweet it out. Oh, that's a good. That's a good. Well, they'll just, they'll just bleep it out. You know, they have they have a, a slew of editors that are waiting on my every word to tweet. <laughs> but that's extra work. <laughs> like if you would have been like, oh yeah, Justin Herbert, he fucking can't play. They would not have tweeted it out, and you wouldn't have got dunked on by the Chargers. I don't think he can play. Like honestly, <laughs> he can't play. Yeah. I don't think he can play. Like, yeah. honestly, he can't play. <laughs> oh, boy. I still don't believe that's me, Steven, by the way. Steven, you got it wrong on, on Herbert, too, though, right? I mean, yeah. I uh, don't know what you're talking about. I think everyone who's talking right now has got it wrong, got it wrong on Herbert. No, I've made that joke before. Like, it's funny that, like, everybody hated Herbert, but Seth has become the Herbert guy. <laughs> like, and that's just, like, just goes along with, that, like, your life, I feel like. You just yeah. get a raw deal. Yeah, that's that's my life. Next time someone stands you up on uh, on a date, like send them my number, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a talking. <laughs> yeah, that's here's How the Washington DC number. <laughs> <laughs> here's the Stephen Ruiz on Twitter. <laughs> That's like the least likely thing I think I would ever uh, like. I've known you a long time, Stephen, and I I do not see you actually doing that. Like I don't I don't I would not want you talking to a would be date of Seth. So uh, uh, that's a good point. Maybe I'll go out on a date with you, Seth. <laughs> I tried to. What are you talking about? 
This, this is taking a turn. This is okay, Seth try, tried to. He went to Dulles Airport. Like, Dulles Airport is out in the middle of Virginia. And, like, yeah, I, I live yeah. an hour away. You didn't try that hard. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with Steven there. <laughs> you know what I should have done? I should have agreed to meet you and then stood you up. <laughs> wow. I mean, I didn't try. Like, I, 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 I tried to, like, save myself. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, all right, hey, like, what are you, maybe, I don't know, what if you were, happened to be near Dulles on, like, Wednesday afternoon? Like, what, you know? And you were like, nah, it's far. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't actually want you to hang out with, you know what I mean? Like, I was, yeah, you're gauging my reactions. Yeah. Just wondering. Just wondering. <laughs> Is that how you go about asking people out on dates on Hinge? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get Steven to leave his house, though. You know what you should have done when the one person said they were going to Kentucky to dog sit or whatever, you should have said, Oh, I'll go with you. I'll help. I'll, I'll, I'll tag along. They played their, uh, called their bluff. Right. Um, I don't have the, like the, 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 the like the mental fortitude to, <laughs> to like deal with a rejection from that. Like I was already in the middle of being like, wait, you're going to Kentucky tonight. I just got here. So, like, if she would have been like, yeah, n- n- uh, no, you can't come, that would have killed me even more. Okay, one last question. What would you rather have? Would you rather find love on Hinge in the next couple months or Justin Herbert regress- regresses so badly like he gets benched? Oh, probably Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing that sucks is, like, me and, me and Brandon Staley are, like, best friends. So like I and I'm rooting for Brandon Staley because obviously you know we've all written because he went on your podcast he, he was on the, my podcast um, you're on our podcast and I'm not rooting for you <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting against you actually so yeah I think I'm 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 like pro uh, and the thing with Herbert like uh, the thing that I'll say about Herbert is the, it, he's like super fun to watch. Like if this is if this is the Herbert that we're getting um, for the next whatever ten years or something like that is unbelievably fun to watch. So I'm I'm into that, but also um, I got to get my dunks off. So is that a saying? Getting my dunks off? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was gonna say it is now, but I don't think I want to condone that. So what's your uh, social media strategy if he does if he does like? play terribly this year what are you are you gonna add the chargers are you gonna yeah i might honestly like to tell you the truth i haven't given it so much thought um but i because it's like i also don't want to like i'm not trying to be that big of a dick if it actually does happen but yeah i'll probably add the chargers whatever (laughs) wow you're so brave (laughs) one of the things that worries me um i think there's like actual like unstable stuff that Herbert did very well last year that that has a chance to regress. Don't don't do this nerd stuff. Wait, no, 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 no. It's not a nerd thing. I'm telling you. My thing is what's what actually kind of scares me a little more is them bringing in this you know the quote unquote Saints offense with uh, uh, Joe Lombardi. I think his name. I know I don't know if first name is Joe, but Lombardi to be the OC and like you know I had when I had Brandon Staley on the podcast, I was like. What's your favorite? I was like, basically, what's your favorite offensive play? And he said, weak side option, which is like the Drew Brees, like, you know, super technical, relatively technical 
um, Reed to hit like Michael Thomas or, or, or Kamara or like Darren Sproles before that, like for like a five yard gain. And I was like, I don't like, I hope they're not trying to do that to Justin Herbert. That would, that would scare me if I was like a Chargers fan, like just trying to make him this quarterback that he's not when you can just like, like let him just throw fucking bombs all the time and, and you'll be okay. So that is, is more what I'm, or I guess I would say equally as nervous about if I was a Chargers fan. But I think like, obviously, he, he, proved, uh, he proved himself pretty well last year. Does Brandon Staley know you're the Herbert guy since you guys are best friends? Uh, probably not. He, I mean, you know, I don't have it in my bio, so maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, you should. I think you should lean into it. Like, didn't you, when you asked Staley to get, come on your podcast, what was like the opening line? You were like, yo, dude. I said, hey, dude. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, whatever. He, we follow each other. We're boys. So that's how, that's how people who are friends talk to each other. By the way, Brandon Staley has his DMs open, which is the craziest thing I think an NFL coach has ever done. Do you remember how long it took us to figure out? Remember this? We had there was a saga of like whether Brandon Staley's Twitter account was real or not. Yeah, because he followed me too, and I was like, "Why is he following me?" Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't know why anyone would follow you, but <laughs> that's can we kick him off? <laughs> All right, let's see you guys. All right, bye. All right, Seth, do you have, do you have a final message for Steven? He's disappearing after this. Nah, so, I don't. So, me and Steve aren't friends, so like I have nothing to say to that guy. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for stopping yeah. by, PFF Seth. Thank you. Uh, I, I appreciate having been. Seth also he also writes for Outkick and uh, <laughs> he does appearances on Fox News, and he's on Parlor. Follow him at uh, yeah, PFF Seth. Zero. <laughs> well, on Parlor, I'm Fox News Seth. So. <laughs> True. All right, get out of here. <laughs> Thanks, man. Man. Right. Yeah, I feel like we just brought him on and just kind of like <laughs> made fun of him the whole time. That's okay. I thought that was the plan. <laughs> it was, and we executed it to perfection. Charles, you did say you wanted to make a mockery of this episode, so. I did. I, I think we've done a great job today. That's where, that's where we're at. This is one of the silliest podcasts I've ever recorded outside of like the first 15 minutes that we <laughs> did doom brain stuff. We did. We talked about Deshaun Watson and that then went to, serious. and then went to like Taysom Hill and to Seth's dating life. It was a very weird turn, but I, I doubt anyone's listening right now. Uh, there seem to be a lot of parallels between Taysom Hill and Seth's dating life. So <laughs> he's well, like we said, he's the, he's the Taysom Hill of hinge. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, how, how do we say bye to Steven? What we... uh, I think the best way to say bye to Steven is just to hang up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't need I don't need any buys. Just I'll see, I'll see you guys later. Yeah, I'll see you on the internet. Uh, we'll see you in the DC next time I'm there. Yeah, I mean uh, it's not like we're not going to be friends. We just don't work together. Which you know, oh, uh, I'm not going to be. I'm not yeah. friends with him. He's also not my favorite NFL writer anymore. It's Charles now. So. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. I, I'll take it. I, I got to do some writing about the NFL. <laughs> okay. I got to uh, – I don't know what I got to do. I'm just going to just w- w- wander around D.C. aimlessly. 
Yeah, play some video games. Yeah, it's Friday. Enjoy All yourself. right. That's, I like that's, it. Signing off for the last time. Bye. The last time of Steven Ruiz. Actually, I mean, if we ever do another episode, we'll probably have you on as a guest. So Yeah. Okay. It's, I should just be a guest every time. <laughs> like I'm still on the show. We'll just call it. We'll, we'll elaborately act like you're a guest. <laughs> right. Nice. All right. I'll, All right. I'll see you guys next episode. Love it. See All you right. guys. See everyone next episode. We have no idea. Chuck, what is going to happen to this podcast? I don't know. I don't know. know. I, I think that's a great question. So yeah. uh, probably not a discussion for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but maybe we'll, people we'll, can we'll weigh figure in. it out. I can't promise. I was about to say, you know, we're signing off. I, I can't promise you when the next episode is going to be. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining the counter. And uh, we'll talk to you at some point. Take care. The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. <laughs>